0: hello hello you guys i'm so excited you are here today's episode we are tackling how to travel with a picky eater now if you got my email this morning from my email list you know that there's a big distinction between a vacation and a trip right like a vacation there are no children There are no responsibilities. You can just relax. You can do nothing, which is always a goal of mine. But I will tell you on vacation, I always think I want to do nothing. And then I get there and I'm like, but what are we going to (laughs) do? Like I can do one or two days of like nothing. And then I'm like, okay, should we go? Like, should we go do this? Should we do that? My husband like is always like, I thought you said you want to do nothing. And I'm like, I did. But now I did that. And now I want to go see the things. (laughs) So anyways, a vacation is just that. A true relaxing vacation A trip, however, is one where maybe you're traveling, but your kids are coming with you, right? Like that's not a vacation. In some cases, it's actually more work. Am I right? Than just like staying home with them. You're like, now we're traveling with children and it's harder and they're sleeping worse and maybe they're eating worse and there's car seats involved that you have to buckle and unbuckle and maybe you're on a plane and it's so much more work, but it is worth it. We just took a little trip with the family uh, just up to the mountains and it was so fun to make those memories and yes, it was more work and yes, people were more cranky than normal, but it also led to more beautiful moments than normal as well. Like It got us out of our zip code and we just had an incredible time. So let me just encourage you that it is worth it to travel with your kids. It really, really is. That being said, vacations are where it's at. <laughs> My husband and I have a goal. We set this intention a long time ago in our marriage that we would do two trips a year, one true vacation, just the two of us and one family trip. That's the goal. Most years we've hit that. Some years we've missed the mark, but it's totally fine. Uh, you know, we just kind of roll with whatever is going on, but That being said, today I want to break down with you how to travel with your picky eater, how to take them along with you and still have it be semi-enjoyable. So I'm going to kind of break this up into two parts, if you will. One is more mindset for us and setting those expectations. And the second is really some tangible tips on how to handle it, right? Like how to handle our kid in different situations. So let's start with kind of the mindset. So if you've been following me for a literal minute, you know that I am very real life, very down to earth. I love to share the research and what works quote unquote best and anecdotal evidence from people I've worked with and you know the science and the data behind it and all of that is super important. But at the end of the day, you know your kid best, you know your family best, you know you best. And we have to take all that information in, keep what suits us, try new things, get out of our comfort zone, but then let go of the things that don't work for us and be okay with that. We don't expect every kid to fit the mold, right? We don't want them to fit the mold. So it's okay to let those things go. So the first thing I want to tell you is to not freak out. The most important thing we can do when traveling with our kids is to stay the calm, collected, and constant leader of our home we're strong. We know the boundaries. We're going to keep those boundaries in a loving and firm matter. Now, those boundaries might be shifting a little bit on vacation and that's fine. Kids are adaptable. They're able. They realize when things are different, right? Like they know when we're traveling, they know when things maybe shift or change. And to really adapt that 80-20 mindset and know that the 20% comes into play during travel. So if you're not familiar with this idea of 80-20, it's 80% of the time we're doing the ideal. 80% of the time we're hitting our goals. 80% of the time we're holding those boundaries. We're being firm. We're staying strong. We're loving our kids. We're hearing them. We're doing all the things. 20% of the time we're like we just got to be flexible. (laughs) Life is hitting us hard and we got to be gracious with ourselves. We got to be gracious with our kids. And we just have to embrace the rockiness of the 20%. (laughs) And it's just that 80, 20 balance. And that's life. And our kids are going to experience that too. And we should really embrace that and know that that 20%, like let's whip that out on vacation. Let's take that out on days where we are just no longer motivated, don't have the time, don't have the energy, don't have the mental capacity to hold up the 80%. That's okay. And We plan for that. And when we plan for that, when we know that there's space and room for the 20%, the, fle- the more flexibility, I should say, always be flexible, but the kind of like very flexible 20% time, when we plan for that, when we invite it in, it actually... Creates um, more sustainability for the eighty percent, because if we if we imagine or think ourselves into a place of like I have to be uh, the best mom ever, a hundred percent of the time, always get it right, follow all the rules, do this, do that, blah blah blah, hundred percent of the time, no one can keep up with that. That's not sustainable. And so then we implode and then we just give up. We throw in the towel. We feel like failures. We feel guilty. We feel shameful. Whatever that feeling is that comes over us, that mom guilt or that discomfort with where we're at. And then we're like really inconsistent with our kids. And sometimes they are living in this like really tight ship. And other times it's just like, mom's not even tuning into anything. I can just do whatever I want. It's really confusing for them. So when we invite in that 20% and we can live in the sometimes and know that it's going to be a slow curve up and down, not like a crazy roller coaster, but like a like a monorail, I would say. <laughs> then we allow for those days that are flexible to come and go, knowing that today is not our day to be 80%. Today is not our day to get it right all the time. And that's okay because that is life. So reminder to invite that 20% in during vacation. So it's okay to go off track. It's okay to change your schedule. It's okay to allow different boundaries to be true during vacation than it is at home, right? Or trip, I should say. And kids will pick up on that, that things shift and change, right? Like growing up, I was allowed to stay out late and, you know, I don't know, sleep in a friend's tent or have a sleepover on a school night when it was vacation right? Like there are rules that change and shift and kids can pick up on that too. So we want to set that kind of rule and expectation and mindset for ourselves. The other thing I want to tell you is to release expectations here. Now, even if we've made some progress with our piggy eater, or maybe we haven't, and we're really frustrated, let's release the expectations for this trip. So releasing the expectation says, I don't have to do new things. I don't have to push them. I don't have to employ all the strategies that Alyssa teaches on her Instagram or whatever or table talk, but I want to just enjoy this time with my kid and release the expectations of how much or what or the timing of their eating. This also leaves room for magic, right? Like this leaves room when we release these expectations, which by the way, I recommend you do anyways, but especially during trips, it leaves room for magic. And what I mean by that is it leaves room for us to be surprised by our kids. Sometimes they're they're out of their comfort zone enough. They're in a new restaurant. They're in a new place. They're presented with a new food and they surprise us. They pick us up pick it up and eat it. And they go, oh my gosh, where's this food been all my life? I love it. And you're like, what? <laughs> right? And so sometimes we just need to leave room for magic. So I want to kind of keep that at the top of mind as we now go through some of the more tangible tips of how to handle a picky eater while traveling. So the number one is think of your at-home schedule and then bring that to vacation with you really loosely. So if you can keep that schedule, great. But do not drive yourself mad about it. Now, of course, time, uh, time schedules, time zones are going to shift depending on traveling. You may have a few late night travel nights or whatever, so it's all going to shift anyways. But thinking of a feeding schedule more like a routine is really helpful. Kids can cling to a routine really, really well versus like by the clock schedule. So first we do this, then we do that, then we go eat, then we do this, you know, whatever. So for example, maybe it's we wake up, we brush our teeth, we read a book, we get dressed, we have breakfast, and we keep that same rhythm or routine during trip. A trip or vacation, right? Now it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be exact. It doesn't have to be exactly like home. But kind of thinking of it more of this rhythm than it is like a timetable, because things are probably already screwed up and shifted with just a little bit of travel. It always throws a wrench in our plan. So that's the first tip: is trying to keep that rhythm or uh, schedule or routine similar. The next tip I have for you is bring, pack, or pick up a safe food at your destination. So wherever you're traveling to, Grab a safe food or two or three to have on hand during meals. So, for us, when we were camping, I grabbed bananas, I grabbed graham crackers, and we had raspberries. Um, And those were kind of our safe foods that we kind of played around with during snacks when we had to pull over in the car or at restaurants. I was able to pull those out and have them available, especially when they were eating completely brand new foods. And there wasn't a safe food offered at like the restaurant or wherever you're eating. So have those on hand, pack them with you or pick them up. Once you get there can be really, really helpful. The next tip is to use bridges. Now, bridging is a technique that I teach really in depth inside of Table Talk, but essentially it's using something to get your kid to like a new food that they already like. So you think of it as a bridge, for example, ketchup, ketchup would be a bridge They like ketchup, you put ketchup on hot dogs, they like it. You put ketchup on eggs, they like it. You put ketchup on pizza, they like it. Whatever that looks like, lean into some of those bridges, especially ones that are available at restaurants like dips, dressings, uh, condiments, things like that can be really helpful. The next tip I have for you is to not stop offering new foods. Just because you're traveling doesn't mean you have to stop or pull back or completely eliminate exposing them to new foods or foods you're currently working on. It also doesn't mean you have to do this, but I just wanna encourage you a little bit that like I said, leaving room for magic, this can be an excellent time to have them experience a new food it's probably going to be a little bit more positive of an exposure because they're having fun. They're on a trip. You're maybe eating with them. Uh, Some of these other kind of like experiences or environments might be a little elevated. So this might actually be a really great time to introduce a new food. Now, not always because traveling can make us cranky. So (laughs) there's yin and yang here. There's back and forth, but just a reminder that you don't have to stop offering new foods or finding new things to experiment with just because you're traveling. And really, you can almost lean into that thinking, this is a great time to actually eat together. Maybe at home, you're busy and you're working and your kid is at school or whatever that looks like for you. And this is actually a time where you can capitalize on family meals, which you know I talk about a lot, is really important for kids developmentally and with getting more adventurous with foods. Okay, The next thing I want to recommend is to consider your current meal and snack schedule or routine and potentially adding in a snack time or kind of smushing it together. So a lot of times on um, vacations, you might find that they're getting hungrier a little bit earlier uh, and their timetables are kind of shifting. And that's usually because we're expending more energy. We're doing more activities, even just the stress of traveling or being in a car or a plane or just the stress of change actually can increase our need for energy. Now, again, you can go on the flip side as well, where you actually might see a decrease in total consumption over the week, and that's because stress can play a role in that way as well. Some kids shut down and are stressed, so they're not actually going to eat. So just be mindful of that, but consider adding in another snack just for the time being when you're on vacation so that they have a little bit more opportunity to eat, especially we know typically kids eat quote unquote better or more or fill their bellies up during snack because it's oftentimes Lower pressure. Anyways, that's a topic for another day. I talk about it on my Instagram, but um, maybe offering like a pre dinner snack, especially if you're eating out at restaurants, this might be a really good opportunity to kind of capitalize on that energy uh, before dinner or restaurant meals because those can be a little more hectic, stressful, distracting, which can lead to decreased intake. So, the other thing along the lines of capitalizing is capitalize on breakfast time. Most kids uh, eat best or listen to their body best in the morning because they're in their best mood. They're well rested. There's least or less distractions, all of these sorts of things. So breakfast can be something that you can really capitalize on. And oftentimes it's overlooked on vacation because it's hard to maybe get into a restaurant or you don't have a kitchen in the place you're staying. So thinking through what kind of breakfast foods you can bring along with you or stock up, stock up on while you're there can be really helpful. So when we went recently glamping, we took uh, bagels and peanut butter. And in the morning, we just did bagels and peanut butter, not toasted, nothing. And they just ate that with a banana. And that was a pretty good breakfast for them before we could get out to a restaurant or grab food at the farmer's market or something like that. So capitalize on breakfast and then also capitalize on the food that they are eating by trying to find ways to add energy to it. So I have a post on this on my Instagram all about how to add calories. I don't recommend it all the time. I think that sometimes parents can get a little obsessed with this, and this really isn't the point to do all the time, but in times of travel or when we notice their intake is lower, maybe they're sick, something's going on, this is a great tool to keep in our tool belt to pull out at times like these. So for example, if you were to be doing the peanut butter bagel situation, maybe you also add a layer of butter underneath the peanut butter to kind of boost it a little bit. Or uh, maybe for adding like uh a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, maybe you open it up and put, I don't know, hemp seeds in there or something like that, that kind of boost the nutrition, um, or the calories without necessarily changing the flavor of the food. That might be like a home run. If that makes sense. So I have a whole list of ones that you can do this, uh, two different foods and how you can kind of boost the calories on my Instagram. So scroll around on there and, um, and check it out because I think it is really, really helpful. If you're a table talker, there is an entire section dedicated to how to do this for your little one, um, and uh, you can check that out as well. So there's that. The next tip is valid all the time, but on vacation especially, don't overwhelm them with food on their plate. Now, a lot of times restaurants do this for us. So sometimes at restaurants, I take the food first, ask for an extra plate, and then just put a few bites on their plate right in front of them so they're not overwhelmed. Now, this is a tip for always, but especially on vacation when they're already stressed, there's a lot going on. This is a really good tip to not overwhelm them on the plate. Just give them a few bites of everything and you can always refill it later. Okay, the last and final tip I'm gonna give you here is to not talk about the food, but do talk about the food. <laughs> and here's what I mean about that. A lot of times when we're traveling, food is part of the culture we're experiencing, or food is part of the experience of the the trip, right? And so instead of making it just about filling our bellies and eating and, and getting in those calories and that energy let's focus more with our family and with our kids on the culture around that food or if that food is local to that place we're visiting and building a story around the food. I think it might surprise you how getting to know that food in a new and unique way, getting excited and intrigued about that food by telling very simple stories about that food, where it comes from, why they eat it there, how they eat it, all these things might actually Get them to a place where they're interested in being adventurous with that food. Now, not always, but it's just opening the door. So, for example, right now I'm in Maine. If you didn't know, and what is um, a big food in Maine? Blueberries, right? Blueberries are uh, native to Maine, and this would be a really fun food to explore, right? So, we put blueberries on their plate, and instead of just putting them there, we can say, "Oh my goodness, did you know? Did you know?" <laughs> Did you know that blueberries are native to Maine? They grow on these Bushes and people go out and pick them and they're wild and yada yada yada. You kind of build this story around how this food impacts this area that you're visiting. That can be a really fun way to get them just a little bit more interested in the food you're putting in front of them. So we don't wanna talk about the food. I, I recommend this all the time at this at the table, like don't be obsessive about the food, but it's okay to describe the food, to build a story around the food, to talk about it in a way that's light and easy no pressure, and then move on, right? We're not going to spend the whole meal building a story around blueberries, but um, it can be a great point of connection. So I hope this episode was really helpful for you in traveling with a picky eater and some tangible tips to take away, but also some kind of mindset shifts of how to approach this situation. And either way, I hope that you have a vacation coming up that you're looking forward to. Come DM me what that is. I would love to hear where you're going. And of course, come hang out on social media. You'll see probably some beautiful landscapes of Maine right now. Um, But I am coming home soon. So I guess it won't be long lived. But either way, I hope you enjoyed today's episode and I will see you next week.